happening in your world for the uh, week coming up. And so we got a lot of great tunes. We always like to start with the music because if you're anything like me, you're fucked. No, um, if you're anything like me, you love the music. That's how I got into radio in the first place. And so one of the things that, that, that we love to do here on Heterotopia uh, is share music from all over your globe so you get to hear shit that uh, really doesn't get played on any other uh, uh, radio station or any other radio show. And uh, tonight will be no different. In fact, uh, tonight, just so you know, we're starting to set off with some uh, Kobani music. We're starting to set off with some uh, music from the Kurdish resistance fighters that are fighting uh, uh, ISIL right now. And... um, uh, that be uh, Islamic State in Iraq and the Levant, um, and uh, so we're gonna we're gonna play that, and it's gonna get into a whole bunch of other cool shit, and then I'm gonna come at you with some news stories that you probably haven't heard, and then we're gonna call it a wrap, and that's what we like to do. But we love you. We would be nothing without you. You listeners are are this is your station. Right? You made this. You made this happen. You continue to make this happen. We don't even have to ask you for money to, for you to make this happen. You make it happen because you listen, and we know that you listen, and that keeps us doing what we're doing. Because this is all out of love for the people, folks, and that's that's just how we roll here at Mutiny Radio, and we're going to keep it coming. So, without further ado, let's get this party started. Welcome back, folks. The neurons in heterotopia appear to be normal except for their mislocation. Symptoms range from non-existent to profound. Heterotopia is capable of juxtaposing in a single real place several spaces, several sites that are in themselves incompatible. Got a clarification. Next Laparazzi, August 29th. Come here. 8 o'clock. Be here. It is not enough. I'm ordering you. Alright, word. You must fashion the revolution with the people. And if you fashion it with the people, the songs will come by themselves. Anybody want to incite a riot? This is the most morally polluted, degenerate, insane nation on the face of this earth. This country is not controlled by the United States Constitution. This country do not function under the democratic process. This country is controlled and governed by the Constitution. Motherfuckers don't I got the dope Coming back like addicts I'm sick That scissor 
of the people that are here, but I should because um, I'm going to want this for my hope chest because this, this is a real all-star lineup. We got like a super, we got a super group of, of oh shit, that's, somebody just threw someone a beer and it was bad toss and somebody else walked in and then the beer got dropped. So I want to see that thing. There's beers in that in that green cooler over there uh, for anybody who's uh, inclined. And there, there's actually ice in there too, so it's actually cold. Um, that I'm glad I said that into the mic. Wow. See, I'm showing you how good of a host I am in more ways than just comedy host. I host people as though I want them inside me, and the truth is, I do. I'm empty inside. Um, I'm operating on nuns' hours of sleep, so um, that's why I'm not as manic as usual. But I swear to God, I will muster. I will find. Um, I will find the chaotic insanity inside me, and I will bring it to the surface. It'll bubble, and like a cauldron, uh, it'll boil and bubble, uh, toil and trouble, like Shakespeare style, and uh, in the end, we're going to have a fucking good time, we guarantee goddamn tea it. So, uh, uh, enough out of me, hi, hi, people are walking into Bubblegum Garbage Party, and uh, those of you who listen to this uh, as an archive or, 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 or stream, mm, it's not streaming now, but um, you, those of you who listen, um, just just know that um, the stage uh, is right by the front door, which is excellent because I get to have warm greetings with everybody and it used, the stage used to be right by the bathroom and stand-up comics would always just like speculate about who's going to deuce and that is only funny not ever so um, so that one got old and it's really nice that we have the stage by the front door now here at Mutiny Radio uh, at 21st in Florida in San Francisco's Mission District and uh, if you want to donate to the station well our, our June fundraiser is over but we always need money and, and you know if you like the show and you want it to be a little better, like you don't want mic cords cutting out or whatever, uh, mutinyradiofm at gmail.com is our PayPal address. You can just send us money. Just give us some dollars. Anything you got. Come on. Even if it's just enough to cover the transaction fee. Just send us $3.30, which is what it costs probably us to take your money. Uh, that <laughs> That's enough out of me. Um, I'm going to bring my first guest to the stage. You know him. You love him. Um, Jesus Christ. I have a huge crush on this dude, uh, and I am not ashamed to admit it, because he's dreamy and funny and fucking cool as shit, and I can't believe he keeps coming to my show. It makes me so happy. Please, ladies and gentlemen, give a warm welcome to Scott Simpson. Okay. That felt like, that felt excessive. I know. That's what I do, though, right? I do hyperbole. That's like my... Oh, is that your thing? That's my trademark, man. Oh, is that your thing? Yeah. I live in the realm of unrealistic statements. Um, is, does it cut out when I move it at all? Okay. Um, yeah, no, I just, I, I talk big um, because that's how I live. And also, it's it relates to um, size and shape of my penis, so... Sure. I wish I lived bigger. I always uh, was jealous of my dad because my dad was a, a big liver who... Uh, he had a big liver, and yeah, that's what killed him. Ah. Uh, but yeah, he uh, he was a big liver. He would he was like famous in my town for like dancing with the lonely lady at the bar. Oh. He was just a good dude. That's some good shit. It that is good shit. That is, I mean, that's admirable. I am, uh, I aspire to that uh, category of human being. Me too. It's right because it's like, I mean, it's, it's hard to do. I know this way. You're 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 a you're a nice uh, you're a nice man, and that's not to say that most comedians are assholes, but um. Mm. Mm. 
<laughs> but um, no, it's yeah. You and I were in the nice camp, and uh, honestly, I, if I find it, it makes it makes it easy for me to sleep at night. Tom, uh, Tom, like do you think I'm in the nice camp? Oh, Daniel, no, no I don't think so. Not at all. No, I, I, and that's not to say that I don't love you, but you are not a nice man. Um, I mean, I think I think you're a good man, but you're not nice. I don't think you're nice. Do you, do you think you're nice, Daniel? I think yeah. my mom thinks I'm really nice. Do Everybody's you, oh, mom okay. thinks they're nice. That's you're a nice boy. Oh, Daniel, you're a nice boy. My mom's actually the nicest person I know. Pam, you can burn it. Wow. All see? Time. See? There it is. There's that flavor we've been talking about. Yeah, we're talking we got about the meme mom. coming out now. I will steal a car and hit you with it. <laughs> there it is. You talk about my mom not being nice, I'll fuck you up. I, I, I will summon the strength to lift that car and smack you with that car. I can't drive, so I won't be able to drive and hit you with the car. But, Dan- you know. Daniel, 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 it's your mother, I'm here. That's not the way mom talks. She's from Italy. <laughs> Daniel, it's your mother. Mom, I'm here. is that you? I come to your show because here it's so funny and you're so fun at home and so nice. Do you bring these people to some leftovers from the spicy meatball that make you? But mom, you're most famous for your spicy matzo balls. My spicy matzo balls because I'm married a Jewish man. And you are Jewish yourself from Italy. Also, I have a little bit of the Sephardic in me, yes. Yes, it's... Yeah. What accent was that? Where did I go with that? I don't know. That felt uh, that felt uh, incorrect. It felt very incorrect. Incorrect! Yeah. Well, I had to address it. But Daniel, please uh, <laughs> tell me why why you not so nice to Scott Simpson? Why you always you give him small stab with like toothpick when you have toothpick? Um, well, you, you just know, I uh, find pleasure in the misery of others, specifically people. Scott, why you put up with this for my boy? You know, I know you. I know he's. I know that you're wonderful. Mm. He has warned me that if I'm not nice to you, he'll toothpick murder me. Like, and that's a lot of stabbing. That's, that's so many stabbings. We've had to cover up a lot of these. That's why we're a middle class family. We was very rich. Very rich. From a spicy mozzarella factory. Spicy mozzarella business. And then, and then this guy started buying up a lot of toothpicks. Yes. Yeah. Toothpicks add up. Like one toothpick is cheap, but yeah. you know how many toothpicks it takes to murder a person? Ninety-seven Whoa. million. Many, many toothpick. Daniel. Knows. 97 million. I, 97 I make, million. Uh, I Hello, check, test, one, two, check, test, one, two, um, check, call them test, wooden one, two, three, and and check, I, um, test, a one, three, four. With the toothpicks. Check, test, one, two, check, test, three, check, test, one. When I say check, test, you say three, check, test, three, check, test, three. Yeah, I didn't know that you guys were paying attention. <laughs> okay, I didn't bring, ladies and gentlemen, this is Bubblegum Garbage Party. Welcome to the show! This is the show where I, Thomas Bridgman, interview stand-up comics. They tell jokes. I interrupt them in character, and we improvise the scene afterwards. I didn't bring uh, I didn't bring my other phone, which actually functions as my uh, as my music container. Uh, so we're not. I don't have any tunes to play in between songs. Uh, I'm I'm relying on my co-host. I got a guest co-host today. Can you, you want to say hi? Hi. My iPod's dead. I got a, oh yeah, he's got music, he's got music. No, uh, my guest co-host, it's a, he's a birthday boy today. He's a special birthday boy. Not only that, but it's the two year anniversary of his show. Hey, you want to talk about your show for a second? Behind the Mind is a show that comes on Thursdays 2 to 4 p.m. in the afternoon. And a look do. into creativity, art, and all of the loveliness of that. Celebrating two years today. Well, that's just lovely. Thank you. And that's a report from David Cologne in Jakarta. We're very lucky 
to have the broadcast coming through. As you all may be aware, the situation is quite untenable hmm. in Jakarta. Uh, we, we, cut, we cut now to the theme song that has been written on the off the cuff by the host of the current show, Bubblegum. <coughs> Pardon me, Buglegum, Buglegum, uh, Garbage Party. Uh, we cut now to uh, correspondent uh, Thomas Bridgman. He's in Jakarta. I wish I had garbage can that I could eat from every day. I wish I had garbage can that I could eat from every day. I wish I had garbage can that I could eat from every day. I wish. Why is it so hard? You're screwing it all up. I wish I had a garbage can that I could eat from every. You don't even know words. You people don't even know words. Hey! You suck. Yes, I do, and I swallow. David, sir, what have you done? What have you done for your birthday so far? Took a really good nap. All right. I, I thought you were going one direction with that, and then you followed it up with the word nap. Really good nap. <laughs> Took a really good birthday dump, I thought you'd say. Oh, a dump? No. No, he hasn't no. shit in several years. Yes, bad, bad. My, my, my friend, you should, you should, you should. I, I knew, I knew a girl should, that only I, shit like every three days. You should attempt, you should attempt to increase that number uh, at least tenfold. How? But you should shit thirty times a day. How? That's that's how I've kept my throat clean. <laughs> oh. <laughs> David, how old are you today? Twenty-nine. Twenty-nine. Let's have twenty-nine claps for David Colo. One. Hope, echo from within 
nobody knows the things she does to please. She's just a little tease. See the way she
is this? I don't know. I feel like I'm at a Chaim? some sort of. I mean, I guess it's good. Like if you were to go to a like a <laughs> rave. Uh, <laughs> if you're a raven. Yeah. That would be the closer song because it's so mellow. Mm-hmm. It's gonna mellow you out after your ecstasy. After your high. After your e. Yeah. After your malay. Maybe they'll have that at the Christmas party. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe they'll have a song to mellow us out. <laughs> Hopefully it's Santa baby. <laughs> I know. We'll stick to the stick to the safe stuff. Stick to the classics. Stick to what works. Stick to the drugs we know. I'm really excited about the the wine flow and I'll probably stick to Well, if they have like an open if they have an open bar. Technically we get drink tickets, but I think it's like whatever after a certain amount of time after certain drinks <laughs> yeah like they'll probably have you, you know what i mean like yeah. those champagne flute glasses those are i'll happily drink all night long yeah champagne <laughs> i'm down for i love champagne i love vodka no oh, just kidding yeah. i love um hopefully they'll have it i like vodka if it's mixed with something with cranberry juice yeah i'm sure they would i'm sure they'll have that <clears throat> it'll be a very fun evening i'm sure how have you been i'm doing okay I, I can't really complain this week wasn't as intense for me as it has been so i'm i mean and there's it a, was the end of the month this week too oh really yeah yeah it was i mean it i guess that maybe i'm getting used to the job now where it's like well there's going to be some sick there's going to be some, some sh- sick people sick people <laughs> meaning me yeah <laughs> There's going to be some shitty days and then there's going to be some good days. So there are days where I actually like everything's, you know, smooth sailing. I guess you can you can say. Yeah. I think it's not as crazy. Diggy. Um, but yeah, nothing, nothing to complain about. But I know in terms of like the world and everything that's been happening, there was the San Bernardino shooting right um then there were some other shootings i forgot where they were there was something in miami in the south really Miami. something happened in miami i'm not sure if it was a shooting but i saw that kind of on the news today and then um scott Weiland passed away on thursday it hasn't even literally it hasn't even been uh, 48 hours since it happened people are still wondering why Exactly. If it was related to his health, if it was an overdose, nobody really knows the truth yet. So, yeah, especially in a tour bus. I mean, that's just, I don't know. There's some some sadness to that. Mm -hmm. It's almost as bad as a hotel. (laughs) Right. And that's, you know, that was unfortunately with a rock and roll lifestyle. I mean, I'm not condoning it or, or I am giving him a pass. <laughs> hey, tour buses are fun. I got to go on one. <laughs> but yeah, but those people were drinking tea and putting socks. They on were very. Teeth. They were. It's like um, this is home. Yeah. <laughs> this yeah. is home for the next nine months. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it was a different environment for sure. But um, yeah, so I mean. My sh- show tonight is pretty much dedicated to Scott, and we do have. As it should be. 
you know, he's been kind of a big influence on me. Like even this past year, like with all the changes that have been happening for me, I just kind of found like a connection or some solace with his music in particular. So I think for me, when, when I first learned the news, I kind of felt like sick to my stomach, to be honest. It kind of didn't sit well with me and I'm sure a lot of people felt similar. And then there are people who are really close to him that have known him for decades since the beginning. One of them is uh, Matt Pinfield, who was a former MTV VJ um, who now does Sirius Satellite Radio. Apparently he was a big, um, uh, they were like close friends and, you know, had some history together so that was kind of sad to read some of his comments on social media it's sad just in general to see uh the reaction but at least um you know it's it's being recognized and people are curious about it what the what happened right especially because he was a long time addict and yes he had recovered mm-hmm. <clears throat> so um yeah, she'll see. I mean, already traces have been found, but we just don't know. We we shouldn't assume things. Right. We've learned that with Amy. Right. Yeah, we assumed it was the drugs, drugs but it was actually alcohol poisoning. Yeah. So, but um, yeah, if it's not one thing that gets you, it's something else. Yeah. <laughs> For sure. That seems to be the the trend. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, try not to watch the news. I think that's probably the best thing to yeah. do, because I definitely notice the difference from when I'm watching it, and it's yeah. I'd rather read an article yeah. about what's going on because right. it's more detailed in a way that's not biased. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's not kind of like this are the facts, subjective. Do what you what you will, you know. Yeah, at least the. After a while, you pretty much know, okay, this is objectively, this has really happened. It's been confirmed. And it's actually an interesting uh, documentary about that um, that I just recently watched. I think it's called The Thread. Mm-hmm. And it's about the Boston mm. Marathon bombings and how basically people were going to BuzzFeed and to, um, uh, what's that, Reddit and to like all these online news media uh, websites that uh, are not really, they're independent. They're mostly people who are like you and me who would just post a blog. And instead of going to MSNBC or Fox or CNN, because they were getting real time uh, and real pictures of what's going on from people who were there mm-hmm. instead of getting a condensed type of bias shit from yeah from fox news you know right, like right they were going so there was like a, a a poll done saying that people prefer to get their news from these outlets that are like not at all i mean buzzfeed was all about like take the t- take the quiz to find out which friend's character you are you know and like they were now being looked at as a news outlet for this huge thing and they were finding pictures of um you know what happened and and where the bombs went off and people were posting videos on the website and they were you know using it as a headline and mm-hmm. and they had all this responsibility in their hands and um yeah, so I, it's kind of interesting how we're switching from traditional TV media, you know, big company, big money, uh, t- you know, TV corporations to mm-hmm. just little, you know, 
Joe, you know, little Joe down the street who like, yeah, who just outlets. happened to be there and posted uh-huh. it online. And now, you know, any individual, you know, yeah. the when um, stuff was happening in, I think it was Iran when they were having some social upheaval over there, yeah. still having social upheaval in the Middle East, unfortunately, but a lot of people were posting about it on their own feed and that's how you that's know how you cnn find out the truth. that's how you find out what happened and and that's and how the news reporters would yeah. find out about it and the news reporters would use it too and that's what's they're not so even allowed over there but that's another the was so big about the boston one is that people found out who they were through these pictures you know they found that oh my god that guy's carrying a bag that's a little too big to just be at a marathon you know and and the guy next to him is carrying a, a gym bag that's a little too heavy on him. And they that's those are two people who did it, you know. And there's like a, two slow cookers would be will look really heavy in a bag, you know. So you could kind of tell. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately, it also caused the wrong people to get arrested at first. They accused this uh, guy from Morocco who was just there watching the, the race and they thought it was him. Because mm. he also had an oversized backpack, so interesting. it's interesting how it could kind of get you in trouble, but eventually the truth comes out, and um, and it's huge, you know. And I'm sure with San Bernardino, I haven't seen any of it yet, but I know that there's a few posts by students mm-hmm. or people who were at the happened to be there. It happened at a center for disabilities or a, a some sort of government building, right? Yeah, something like that. That where they were helping people with disabilities. And it was a Christmas party. was really terrible, yeah. you know, that they would do something like that. And they were interviewing two men who also worked with this guy, yeah. who knew this guy, he, uh, the guy who did it, he also worked there. And they were like, we never knew this about him. Like, this is a total secret. Because everything was planned. So it's interesting um, how we're getting all this news from just regular old people who happen to be there right the right time at the right place and it's so raw and it's so different from what we used to have before and i think it just Mm -hmm. makes us want to know more but it also Mm -hmm. helps put things to rest faster in my opinion but then if you want i think more detailed news that was talking about that too like more detailed news like what actually happened maybe you should wait a few weeks until it's published or because you know in the beginning it's going to be just, yeah. you know, on it's CNN, up in the air, it's yeah. going to be 24-7. Yeah. <laughs> but that's my, unfortunately, that's my first reaction. Like, if I'm home, I'm like, okay, okay I'm okay. going to watch it and just yeah. see what they're saying. But after a while, I'm like, this is too much. I, know. <laughs> I, I think I was there at your house when um, the airplane Asiana. crashed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. From... And it was so, like, raw. It was so, like, I can't believe this happened. Like, this could happen to us, you know? Yeah. Um, I think that scared us the most. I mean, that scared me, you know, knowing that, you know, we could be on a plane going somewhere, and that's the end. Yeah. <laughs> um, but that can happen with anything. Like, what happened, the terrorist attack in France, that could have been anybody we know. Yeah. Um, and then, obviously, in San Bernardino, at the wrong place at the wrong time in your place of work you don't know that something like that's going to happen i mean you have the fire escapes you have the um you know escaping can only go so far escaping can go so far but yeah it just got me thinking like what what would i do in that situation how would i 
protect myself and protect other people around me. And what do you do if you don't have a weapon? And this leads to another thing that somebody was telling me about this past Black Friday. People bought more firearms than ever in like the history of firearms. Uh, you got a Black Friday <laughs> deal on guns? Like it was the number was in the millions or something. I don't know if it was the United States. Probably the United States, I, I would imagine. but And probably France. <laughs> yeah, because, I, I mean, people are watching the news or, you know, Getting watching paranoid. Clips. Yeah, and it's... Maybe with reason, I don't know. Maybe with reason, but yeah. <sighs> but anyways. <laughs> anyways, music is our thing, and that's yes. what... Uh, we don't know about everything, anything else but music, so... But I think people should know that no matter what's happening, we're not going to change our lifestyles we're not gonna live in fear and we're not gonna you know we're not gonna do anything that we wouldn't normally do yeah. because that's we're not what, gonna stop that's what some unnamed people that i won't mention about on the air would want to happen so they sh- they should uh, take that into consideration <laughs> yes ma'am <laughs> back I to will. girl problems <laughs> Back to Morrissey. He's a girl. <laughs> Technically, yes. <laughs> I have Morrissey in the news. Oh, I can't wait to hear this. I, I, I'm already regretting it. Um, Morrissey says TSA stands for through thorough sexual assault. Sorry. Thorough sexual assault. Unlike that, ISIS would, stu- uh, would stoop so low. Unlikely that ISIS would stoop so low. Sorry. Oh my god, I need to read that again. Okay, Morrissey says TSA stands for through sexual thorough sexual assault. Unlikely that ISIS would stoop so low. Uh, quoting: If you are traveling through San Francisco airport, you must be ready for a full sexual attack by people who claim to have your interests at heart. Earlier this year, Morrissey claimed he'd been sexually assaulted by air- airport staff during a security check at San Francisco International Airport. The TSA refuted his versions of events, citing CCT footage that they said showed that supervised officer followed standard operating procedures. The placement on the guard's hand is most readily discernible in the video. And Morrissey later repeated that his claim in an interview with Larry King allegedly that the guard went straight for his private bits, and then he put his finger down uh, his rear cleavage. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, now we know he's got some. Oh my God, I'm so jealous. Uh, today, he's offered an update on the situation in a post on fan site True to You. He writes TSA have ignored my official and legal constitution complaint. From this, we gather that TSA stands for thorough sexual assault. If you are traveling to San Francisco International Airport, you must be ready for a sexual a full sexual attack by people who claim to have your best interests at heart. It is unlikely that ISIS would stoop so low. <laughs> I guess this was supposed to be like the wow factor. Yeah. Where was he flying from? Um, I don't know where he was flying from, but he was uh, flying in from, for his show, right? At uh, San Jose. Oh, okay. Yeah, that makes sense. That was a year ago, right? Yeah. Oh. Well, earlier this year, earlier actually. This year. Mm-hmm. Okay. Gotcha. So there you have it. Thorough sexual assault, TSA. Some people look forward to it. I don't. 
not by those people. They're not attractive. Luckily, every time it's happened to me, it's very just, it's very brief, like whatever they do. And it's it doesn't last long enough to feel uncomfortable. I've had... Me. I've had somebody pat me around the boobs, and I wouldn't feel comfortable with was that. Was it female or male? Female. Oh, okay. Maybe it's because But even it's then, I was like, why do you... I don't know how I would hide something on my underboob. Like, I don't think there's a lot of space there for anything. I mean, now with all this high-tech shit that they're doing, like with vests Like, and she was really, wires. like... She took both her hands and was just like... <laughs> I was like, trust me, girl, that's the underwire. <laughs> trust me, girl. <laughs> there's, there's no uh, explosives or depletives I mean, in here. <laughs> if I could hide something there, I, I can't even put my phone there. I know how some girls do that. My phone falls. Mm-hmm. I think that my boobs are too separated to, um, oh, to, sh- to keep something in there. Yeah. They're pretty far apart. I mean, not like, you know. I could, but it would be really uncomfortable. (laughs) My sister, she has smaller tits than I, and she's just like, she always keeps her phone in there, and I don't know how she does it. (laughs) Multi-talented. Yeah. So this story caught my eye. Catherine Ryan, off the TV and in your face. Girl problems. I enjoy being a girl. The very talented American comedian Jen Kirkman once joked that she'd like to perform a cover of that 1950s show tune, but changed the chorus to, I enjoy being a cunt. Take my money, Jen. (laughs) I fully support the creation of this jolly anthem and would play it on repeat every day in my home. But growing up, I just like being a small lady. I only had sisters and spent a lot of time around really cool women. I like that. My grandma sold real estate and drove a Cadillac while wearing red leather gloves. My mom wrote computer code before home computers were a thing. Chat was the currency, and I was valued in my family for being funny. My best friend Jessica and I consistently achieved the highest grades in our class, and we looked down on most of the boys for behaving like puppies. I remember feeling sorry for them all because they couldn't wear bright colors like I loved doing. Basking in my white Canadian privilege, as far as I was concerned, being a girl was the dog's bollocks. (laughs) (laughs) Now I see that being a woman is a chronic illness. We're sick nearly half the time. Between headaches, nausea, searing abdominal pain, and blind rage... I get maybe one good week a month where I can watch my boyfriend eat without slipping into a murder-suicide fantasy. The rest of the time, I'm just trying to stop myself getting another puppy. (laughs) I genuinely have a pet or a baby for every time I fail to control my own vulnerable state of mind. That's two dogs, a cat, and one child for anyone who's counting. We also had a hamster and a couple of bennies, but a fox got into the hutch one evening, and then I accidentally fed smoked turkey to the hamster. (laughs) (laughs) Looking back, it was a mistake to trust his discretion on safe snacking meats. If I were bleeding from my head, people would queue up to hear all about it, but I'm expected to go about my daily business, hiding secret bleeding elsewhere. It's difficult on tour, as the sleeper train is no place for day two of your period. To keep it interesting, your cycle might decide to change every few years. I've just started getting odd sores on my face before I come on my period, which is random as fuck and bang out of order. (laughs) I told my GP, who stared uh, blankly back at me and said, oh, well, we're all different. Um, Yes, we're all different. For example, some of us have cervical cancer. 
Just checking, I'm not different like that. <laughs> After my daughter was born, I had to contend with milk on top of everything else. Delayed travel back from a gig meant that I'd get home to an angry baby and a wet shirt. The babysitter, or my wife as she's called, is an absolute hero. My daughter loves her, a reality that agitates the sleeping monster deeply written into my maternal biology that tells me she's doing a better job than I am and that if I had a husband, he'd definitely be banging her by now. <laughs> Who is this again? Sorry. Uh, this is, um, I think her name is Catherine Ryan. Yeah, Catherine Ryan. She's, I guess she's a comedian. Does she look familiar? I've never seen her before. Um, in spite of everything, women keep it together and we don't start wars. I still enjoy being a girl. That's kind of funny, actually. Good times. That's in the the enemy. She's Brit. Oh, she's Canadian. Yeah, she's Canadian. Mm. Canadia. Canadia. Mm-hmm. I have Tom York. Tom York plays new songs um, and performs with Patti Smith and Flea at Pathway to Paris. He hints that Silent Spring might be a new Radiohead song. Oh, my God. Okay. <laughs> my body is not ready. Uh, the UN Climate Change Conference is taking place in Paris. To coincide with the conference, Pathway to Paris held a concert at Le Trianon featuring Tom York, Patti Smith, Red Hot Chili Peppers bassist Flea, and more. In addition to performing older material, York performed two new tracks. He and Flea also joins... Uh, Join Smith for a song. You can watch him perform the new song, reportedly titled Silent Spring, and jam with Smith and Flea below. And this is a lot of pitchfork.com. Uh, update as of 6.40 yesterday. Video has now surfaced of another new song. You can find it below. It's worth noting that at 2.28 of the video of Silent Spring, uh, York says, this is Johnny's bit, potentially hinting that it's a new Radiohead song, obviously. Mm-hmm. York has been quite active in discussing climate change lately. He had a conversation with writer George Manbiot about it for a French magazine. I probably butcher your name. Sorry, George. And he DJed London's People's March for Climate. Um, he also appeared on French TV to speak about it with the author Naomi Klein. He performed with Flea on the show as well. You can see the concert held in partnership with 350.org follows Pathway to Paris 2014 event at New York's Le Potion Rouge. And you can see the videos, which I have not seen yet, and I will probably see them tonight while I'm trying to sleep. Watch and them dream have dirty dreams um, about it girl <laughs> so he looks very handsome as always he has a man bun going on love it again it's at a pitchfork.com yay yay boom boom oh this is so weird because somebody was just telling me about this tv show so i guess i'll read about what it. tv show it's called the man in the high castle huh <laughs> And um, it's called, the article's called Stranger Than Fiction, from the makers of Alien and the X-Files. The drama imagines the world if the Nazis had won World War II. We discuss its subject matter with star Rupert Everins. 
Uh, back in February, the plot for The Man in the High Castle became the most watched in Amazon Studios history. It's easy to see why. Based on Chicagoan sci-fi legend Philip K. Dick's 1962 book, the show's executive producer is Ridley Scott, who turned another of Dick's stories into the seminal Blade Runner in 1982. And it's written by the X-Files' Don Frank Spotnitz. Said... <laughs> Set in occupied USA in 1962. That's interesting. It stars Alexa Davalos as Juliana Crane, a woman who scooped up into the resistance fight, and Brit actor Rupert Evans as her boyfriend, Frank Frank. Frank Frank. We spoke to Evans about radicalization and what it's like to work surrounded by... I don't know. Got cut off. Uh, what with current world events, occupation, and surveillance, the show feels particularly timely. The great thing about it is that not many TV shows will attempt will attempt to depict something like this. It makes us look at bigger questions like freedom and how it feels to live under occupation. Those things are happening now, whether it's Syria or the Arab Spring. At this very moment, the British government is dealing with a bill regulating our telephone calls and storing information about us. Your character, Frank Frank, undergoes quite a change. He becomes radicalized. People ask me about it, and I'm cautious to say I recognize parallels with what is happening today and use that, but the truth is any good story has par parallels. The reason it's a good idea is because people identify with it. We all know the cliché of history repeating itself. The swastika is one of the most taboo images of the modern age. How does it feel walking around a set where it's everywhere? Shocking, just very, very weird. There were days where there would be supporting artists all in Nazi uniforms. But what was equally shocking was how quickly you got used to it. Going going on to a set and seeing a huge portrait of Hitler, it's weird, but you become numb to it. It's terrifying how normal a situation can become, like living in a repressive regime. It's part of life, and people accept it. Do you think that's how it would be had the Nazis won? Did Dick get it right? Uh, there are many of us who would love to think if we were occupied that we'd be brave and join the resistance. However, the reality is there are many people who wouldn't. I'm not sure I would. I don't know how brave I really am. Frank tries to toe the line, but then he is radicalized by the very actions of the regime he's trying to toe the line with. But somebody I work with was telling me about this TV show and said it was really good. Maybe I shall check it out. What's it called? The Man Who... The Man in the High Castle. Oh. So it's the premise is if um, Germany had won World War II, and then I guess the U they would have come to the U.S. and occupied here. I guess we wouldn't be speaking English, would we? No. <laughs> um, but close to it. <laughs> yes. German. German semi-close to English. Nein. <laughs> or vice versa. Yeah. Good stuff. Yeah. I had some good stories today. Lots of Patting my our backs right now. <laughs> yeah, Dusting we, our shoulders. We literally spent like we didn't start the show till a little bit later, but yeah. we literally spent like half an hour just talking about it. That's all I need, baby. Half an hour. <laughs> 
but I mean, we haven't been here in about two weeks, so a lot has happened in two weeks. Yeah. Like, I think the last time we were here, the the Paris terrorist attack had just happened. Um, yeah. I think that was the yep. last time we were here. That's right. Then I was going to say it hadn't happened. No, it was, yeah, it was mm-hmm. exactly after, right after it. Right. Um, you know, everyone. Wow, it's been two weeks. It feels <laughs> like it's was last year. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's still, it's still, um, Because yeah. the French people don't, I don't know, I mean, maybe because we're not there, but I not felt there, like yeah. they're not dwelling on it as much as we dwelled on 9-11. 9-11, yeah, yeah. that took a while. That took a, I to mean, get, that took like a few years and then for just, people to stop being shocked, you know? Uh-huh. And then the endless wars that came after it, Afghanistan, Iraq. And back then, we didn't even have the technology we do today. Imagine of, imagine how much footage we would have today of the inside of the towers while it was happening. Ugh. Have you ever seen footage of that? No. No. Everything was destroyed, and and how dish. you know people who lived in New York were calling each other to make sure they were okay. Mm-hmm. I mean, now it's like immediately text somebody and get like a response like that, you know. And if you don't get a response, then you call or then you worry, you know, like mm-hmm. something happened to them. Then you know something happened to them if you don't get a text back, mm-hmm. you know. Or a phone call. Yeah. When the tsunami happened in Japan, there was, that wasn't that long ago. It was about five years ago, but I remember trying to call my friend and the phone lines were super weird. Like I was calling the right number, but it was like it didn't go through to the right person or something. It was very weird. I was like, I know I'm dialing the right number, but... <laughs> It didn't get, you know, it didn't get through. It wasn't going through. Yeah. So it's it's just very, a very unnerving situation yeah. <laughs> to be involved in. But hopefully things will subside now that Christmas is coming. <laughs> Please. <laughs> That's what I'm hoping. Or at least Can we like, have that for Christmas. At least space it out, you know, like yeah. wait till after, you know, Valentine's Day. Just, just <laughs> I have plans. Please don't. Please don't ruin it for me. Like uh, I'm still mourning uh, Scott Wyland. Uh, it's only been 48 hours since it happened, but um, yeah. But I we got have to, a nice tribute for him. We have a nice tribute for him, and I I did enjoy getting to catch him one last time with his um his the other band he's been touring with the, the Wildabouts. Wildabouts, yeah. But he was even saying recently in interviews that he just, you know, they needed, he needed his time away from STP and that eventually he would like to get back together with them. But who knows? Who knows what, who knows would, what have would have happened? Who knows what would have happened? But um, they did a cover of, he was very influenced by glam rock, the glam rock scene in the, in the 70s. And um, he, he, um, said that one of his heroes was uh, David Bowie like he really looked up see that. to him and he also did a cover of T-Rex who were also around during that time I mean during the you know the early 70s and was really influential who formed T-Rex was it a super group or um, Mark Bolin was the lead singer he was kind of well known in England I don't think they were well known here like I think Roxy Music was known here um uh, what's his face was was well known the guy that was in Roxy Music now I can't think of his name he was, became a famous producer Brian Eno he was he was very well known too and then he 
you know, ended up producing a lot of albums that came out. Like he worked with Talking Heads, and right, um, he became very influential. Obviously, David. He Bowie. did some film stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Too, I know. He was very just like kind of. Involved. I guess you could say ahead of his time. You know, doing that. You know, stuff. he makes sleepy time music. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was watching. I think um, actually, it's weird. I remember because my dad was a big fan of Brian Eno, so we were watching an interview that he did with I think it was Stephen Colbert. Back when he was doing hit the, the TV Report. show, yeah. the Colbert Report, and I was like, "This is so like weird because it's like Colbert is like our generation." Yeah, and then Brian well, I mean, from, like, it's not as weird as Marzi's interview. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> that was awkward. It was weird because he was making fun of him, sort of, right? In yeah, front of he his was, face. Yeah. He's like, "Sorry, I'm a bit." Wait, I'm a, a bit, I feel a bit weak today because we haven't had our bacon or something. <laughs> to Morrissey, you remember that? And he's like, I lived. <laughs> he's like, what did you think of the Queen's Jubilee? He's like, oh, she's a pig. <laughs> he asked, let's just say he asked all the right questions. Yeah, yeah. He, he was not, he was not going to like filter himself from Morrissey, which right. is commendable. And Mr. Colbert is very hip, I have to say. Yeah. He's um, done with the, done with the sickness. Isn't he like doing his? He's taking Late over. Night. He already did. He's already doing it. Yeah. I haven't seen like any clips or anything of it. Is oh. it because he's not? He's, Me neither. I don't know what's going on with Me that. Me neither. But I'd be curious to see. You know, I'm sure he'll do a great job. Let's see. I mean. Sorry, I just yawned. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Like I'm not looking forward to it. I mean, it's hard to keep up with late night shows because there's so many. Yeah, because, I mean, Jimmy Fallon, like, there's always clips from that. And yeah. then Seth Meyers is kind of boring to me, but I see clips from that occasionally. Well, Jimmy Fallon is really popular because he makes celebrities do the craziest shit, you know? <laughs> but And, and, and Jimmy, Conan as well. Yeah, and Jimmy Kimmel. I see clips for that yeah. sometimes. So I was like, is he doing it yet? <laughs> I haven't seen anything. Yeah. But um, Something to check out, I guess. Something to look forward to. But anyways, um, this song is um, a copy of, or his version of 20th Century Boy, probably one of my favorite songs by T-Rex. <laughs> and then, of course, every STP song that you would ever care to hear. <laughs> uh, interstate song, please. <laughs> <laughs> and there's love song, sorry. And then, um, yes, and then eventually we will uh, play my short but sweet interview with Panic is Perfect. They're going to be playing headlining, I believe, at uh, Bottom of the Hill next Friday. And they're opening for Best Coast and they are, Death Cab. Yeah, in Mini- I think it's Minneapolis tonight, so that's kind of a big deal for them. Go Minneapolis. So congratulations. Yeah. <laughs> Enjoy, but stay tuned for our tribute to Scott Weiland. Yeah. 
Here all the time 
and we're back. We just had oh, that was pretty much the first album, Core, and then we played two songs from their second album, Purple. Both were mega hits. I mean, these are the songs that they're known for. <laughs> yeah, um, that was Interstate Love Song. That's Crystal's favorite. Uh, Vaseline was before that. Both of those songs are from the album Purple, and before that was Plush, Creep, uh, Wicked Garden, which I don't remember hearing that one on the radio, but that's actually one of my more favorite songs favorite. by them. But um, Sex Type Thing, and those are all from the first album, Core. That's how they came on the scene, you know, in the early 90s, right after... Nirvana kind of opened the floodgates for grunge, for grunge I guess yeah. they could say. Um, and then the first song that you heard in that set is Scott with his band, The Wildabouts. And they had an album that came out earlier this year, which is when I saw him. Uh, they were they played a free show at Amoeba, and then they were going to be at the Napa uh, Bottle Rock. Okay. That's what they were doing. They were in town for the Bottle Rock. So it was. I thought it was amazing that they were playing a free show and the fact that I could even have the time to go. So I was like, I think I should go Amoeba. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm going to make time for this. Yeah, but I'd never... No regrets. Yeah, no regrets. But I'd never been to a free show at that Amoeba. I'd been to the one in Berkeley and then the one in LA a couple of times. So I was like, well, here's my opportunity. And now you, you won't stop. <laughs> you recently saw... I know his name, Stephen Jenkins. Yeah, He's Jenkins. the lead singer of Third Eye Blind. That one was a little more intense because Third Eye Blind is local to San Francisco. So literally the whole, if Fan you can girls. imagine, yeah. <laughs> like I, I got there early, but I looked behind me at one point and I was like, holy fucking shit. People know their music here. Yeah. <laughs> people I'm in the right around. city. I'm in the right city. <laughs> I was surprised. I was like, I don't know if people remember Third Eye Blind, but they did have, you know, they, the yeah. first album is really well known, but the other albums, I was like, I don't, I honestly don't know that much about them. But he played a, a couple acoustic versions from their new album, going on a tangent, Dopamine. And I was, they actually sounded pretty good. So if they ever, still got it. If they play again, which I'm pretty sure they will, I would pay money to see it. Film more. <laughs> Hopefully they film more, yeah. Because they played there recently. Yeah, they played before. And then they were recently at the Masonic. I tried to get tickets for that one. But Fillmore would be better, I think, because literally. But we're soon, uh, as they say, popping the cherry for the Masonic. We are. Uh, Morrissey's going to be Morrissey. doing the honors. Yeah. <laughs> Against Sorrow his own will. Assault. What's it called? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> TSA. Like how, like how I worded that. <laughs> uh, life's a bitch and then you die. Um... <laughs> Yeah, but um, we'll be excited if it actually does happen because honestly, when was the last time he successfully played a show here? It's been a while. Yeah, it's been like before I think we knew each other. The closest he's come is San Jose. He played San Jose, and apparently it was a really good show. I remember there was some somebody guy went upstage or they attacked him with a hug, a bear hug. There's somebody that I knew that was there who recorded the show and was interested fuck I forgot my password um someone who was at the show that I that was doing business with me and he was like oh yeah I can send you like a audio recording of the entire show I was there but I was he like, didn't he didn't but I can still find him 
<laughs> we can still make it happen. But yeah. I was like, well, at least we're, we're hopefully. TSA him. Well, TSA is us. Yeah. But um, <laughs> fingers crossed all goes well. His, his uh, butt cleavage, what are you <laughs> His rear His cleavage. padding. Yeah. His extra something something down there. Does he even have that? I'm trying to remember when I saw him that one time. Oh. <laughs> Morris. That was the first thing I looked at. The first thing I noticed was the the unsmile. He's the Pope of Sad. He's the Pope of Sad. There you go. Yeah. I'm looking forward to this. It's right after I come back from my Christmas trip. Yeah, me too. So we'll be like, we'll be relaxed and like ready to go. We're just going to be like, our minds are going to be blown. like 2015 even with cancer even with the cancer yeah what did, what kind of cancer did he have or does he have I, know, I forgot yeah he currently still has it yeah oh wow and he's still touring yeah good for him he won't stop that's, that's a good stop. thing yeah so anyways um i had a, a moment to speak with panic is perfect and they're local to san francisco they're in Min- minneapolis tonight they're uh going to play a show opening for death cab for cutie and uh best coast and then they're going to be uh, they're going to be back next week they'll be playing in san jose and then they're going to be at bottom of the hill next or this coming friday and they uh they're really excited about that so you want to go check them out i think they're playing with ghost parade might be one of the opening acts at bottom of the hill and um, they're really easy to find on social media as well i mean and they're pretty on it actually they have the facebook the official website facebook they got it (laughs) all google they got the facebook (laughs) they got it all happening for him that's um that's the next one for them but anyways um i'm gonna start the recording now because there was actually a delay in the beginning because i couldn't even believe that it was working but believe you me um technology is amazeballs is amazing when it does work and then you want to shoot yourself when it doesn't <laughs> i guess uh we'll see we'll see how long we last without shooting ourselves we'll see how long we last and anyways if you're just tuning in we're doing a part one tribute i don't think we're gonna have time to do the entire hello. show tribute so maybe oh, next time we'll be Hi. part two <laughs> tribute just got one. oh good <laughs> amazing it only it's on. <laughs> oh, is it? Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Enjoy. Essentially, it works. So tell cool. us a little bit about Panic is Perfect and what you guys have been up to recently. Uh, sure. Yeah. Well, we just got back from a tour um, not too long ago with Olan, which was super fun. She's really, really talented and puts on a great show. Um, and let's see, we got to play a few shows with In the Valley Below. Uh, and we're most excited about in two days, we're going to be playing on December 4th in Minneapolis, opening up for Death Cab for Cutie, which is crazy. So wow. that's, mm-hmm. that's a huge thing for us. Uh-huh. And because we have a song that's in daily rotation over there on K-Town, um, mm-hmm. on the radio station there. And um, yeah, and we've got two shows coming up in San Francisco, Bay Area. Uh, mm-hmm. One of them is December 7th at the Ritz in San Jose with Kay Flay, which we're really mm-hmm. excited about. We got to tour with her over the summer. She's such a badass. Mm-hmm. Um, and 
December 11th at Bottom of the Hill, which is going to be with Beta State and Ghost Parade, and we're really excited about that, too. So, yeah, that's what we got going on. And tell us a little bit about the history of the band. You guys are based in San Francisco, correct? Yeah. Um, yeah, Mike and I, we've known each other a long time and have lived in different spots. Um, but, yeah, we have been living here for quite a while. And, uh, yeah, we started the band here. Uh, well, we kind of decided to start it when we were traveling in India together, but um, we started it here. And, yeah, it's been going on for about five years. Awesome. And yeah. tell us where people can find out more about the band online. Um, they could go to our website at www.panicisperfect.com. That'd be a good spot. <laughs> and you guys <laughs> plan on doing like a, a full-scale U.S. tour at some point? Um, what we kind of have over the summer, we did a full-scale U.S. tour with. Okay. It was kind of with two different bands, with Kayfley part of the time, and then the rest of the time with this band called The Hunts. Uh-huh. And it's a really interesting band, actually. It's a band of seven brothers and sisters whose last name is Hunt, and they oh, all come wow. from Virginia. It's really they're a really interesting family. I, I really like them a lot, actually. Um, <laughs> but yeah, they're 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 trip. Um, and Kayflay was so much fun to tour with. She, I just I love her music. It's just so epic. Um, and and would you... yeah. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. And we sort of had a somewhat national tour also just recently with Oland. We just we crossed America it's more northern, but we did the West Coast and then, you know, northern ended up in New York for C M J. And what was but that like? The C M J shows it was really small. It was like in this really small room but packed with people. Um and it was really bizarre because our amps were like behind our heads. So our our own instruments were really really loud and we couldn't hear each other that well. But but we listened to a recording of it and it was one of the best recordings of any show we've ever done. So it's crazy. Um, to us, it sounded like complete shit, and to everybody else, it sounded great. <laughs> so it was like it was really disorienting, but it went really, went over really well. So yeah, you never know. You never know what's going to happen, right? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, especially with things like CMJ and mm-hmm. and you know where there's lots of shows in a short amount of time. Definitely. And have you played at the bottom of the hill previously? Yeah, we've actually played there more than any other place in San Francisco. (laughs) Um, We've played there a bunch of times. And it feels kind of like home to us. It feels kind of, yeah, more than any other place it feels like home. Uh, We've been lucky. We got to play at the Fillmore one time, which was really great, but just one time. Mm-hmm. Um, opening up for finished ticket there, and that was an amazing experience. I did one of my favorite shows ever there. Um, but yeah, it, bottom of the hill is definitely like home. If we were to say we had one spot that was like home base to play at. Mm-hmm. And where do you see the band going in the next year or so? Well, we've been talking about touring more regionally, so just up and down the West Coast more. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's probably what we're going to do. <laughs> so yeah, that, or, you know, if we do keep getting like daily radio plays and spins and placements, we'll probably be going to those places too, I would think. And that's what we're going to do in a couple of days, like I was saying, uh, which we're gearing up for and really excited about. Mm-hmm. But yeah, 
And tell us more about uh, the new release. Oh, You're Alive. Yeah, it's a really great song. Uh, Mike wrote that song primarily, and it's a, it's a really great one. And um, I wish he was here to tell you about it. <laughs> but, he, um, but yeah, it's, it's basically, I can, I can read you what he wrote about it. Sure. <laughs> um, basically, it's a song about these two characters. It's it's a narrative song. It's about two characters who they kind of, you know, through their pain that they're feeling, they find, you know, their lust for life, and they and it's about finding joy through pain, like inside of pain, mm-hmm. and that's what it's about. Right. And uh, who would you say are your musical influences? Um, we've got a bunch of them. That song and a bunch of other songs, if you listen carefully to it, have some African influence. Um, Mike and I have both studied some West African drumming. He studied a lot more than I have, but there's a little bit of, you know, Fela Kuti or just different types of African rhythms hidden inside of some of our songs. Um, and it kind of comes out in a live show the way that we've got percussion on top of a lot of what we do. Um, so that is definitely one thing that shapes our sound. Another thing is I've done a bunch of traveling and, and spent some time in India and stuff. So for me in the melodies and songs that I write, like Go, 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 um, they've been at least somewhat influenced by Indian melody writing in the way the different ragas and different stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So those have been sort of more traveling influences for both of us. But as far as bands that we like, there's a ton of bands that we like. Uh, I can't really speak for Mike, but I love just like old school indie bands like the Pixies, and mm-hmm. I love, you know, plenty of the new bands. Uh, I love, who do I love recently? Uh, I love Fits and the Tantrums. Mm-hmm. I love um, Tame Impala. I love uh, Vampire Weekend. Um, the XX, mm-hmm. uh, a lot of, a lot of bands. I'll get you. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, where do you see music going in the future? Do you see people doing a lot more recordings on their own, a lot of, you know, garage recordings, if you will, or do you think people are still interested in doing it the old school way, having an engineer, having a producer in the studio, that sort of thing? For for our band, mm-hmm. um, we we actually produced more than half of our album just out of our basically out of our bedrooms, uh-huh. um, and then we would go into a studio just to record drum set mainly. Um, for five songs, we went in. We actually got to experience working with a producer, uh, this guy named Chris Zane, who's out of New York. He works at a new studio called Gigantic Studios, and he, he produced Passion Pit, and he's this kind of famous guy who costs way too much money. And we were lucky to have, you know, to be on a label who's willing to pay for us to work with him, which was great. But after five songs, we learned a lot. We learned a lot about producing, about which microphones, about, you know, mixing things and the kind of creativity that he uses. 
but we really felt like we could do it ourselves after working with him. And we ended up changing every single song that we did with him afterwards. Like we took it back and we were like, wow, we could actually make this even better just ourselves. And so we would take it apart and put it back together. And at the end, we feel like what we came up with was even better than what we did with him. Um, and so I feel like, yeah, we're probably, for our next album, we're just going to most likely just do it ourselves. Um, Interesting. DIY. Yeah. <laughs> That's so, the way to go. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. If you've got time, <laughs> which, which I think we did. Oh, that's so, yeah. And um, I was going to ask, where would you say your audience is mostly based? Would you say it would be on the West Coast, California? Or would you say because of social media, you are getting a lot more responses from overseas? It's been pretty mixed, except... The, the predominantly, um, amazingly, we're looking at our Spotify numbers, um, and those are those are pretty big, especially for Go Go Go. And Go Go Go, it's really interesting. The biggest fan base for Go 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 is in Portugal and Spain. Huh. Um, yeah, and we really want to go over there. <laughs> there's like, there's like <laughs> hundreds of thousands of people over there who are listening. Oh to wow! It. Because it, cause it's it's over three and a half million now, and uh-huh. and so. Yeah, there's just tons of people, and for some reason, in Spain and Portugal. Um, there's also a ton of people in Mexico, so it's been interesting. And also South America. Um, so, in, in, in a big population in South Africa, too, actually. There's this radio station there that had us at this number one slot for a while, which is really, really nice. And we got to talk with those guys. Um, oh, nice. So, yeah, so it's just kind of crazy. It's kind of all over the place. Um Maybe, I, you know, just because of the Internet and because of how random everything is in the world. <laughs> That's but, very interesting. Yeah. Well, I guess yeah. for, uh, for a world tour, then. <laughs> that would be awesome. Yeah, we're actually trying to figure out how to get over to Europe to go, you know, meet those people and go hang out with them over there. So that that would be really fun. Well, that's good to know that you like to not only play to the fans, but meet them. Yeah, we always yeah, like we'll hang out after every show and meet whoever wants to hang out with us. We always do that. Um, yeah. And do you guys have uh, merch for sale on your website or at your shows? Yeah, we do. We've got um, T-shirts and EPs, and we've got a uh, poster, too, from our EP release party. Yeah. And we're about to redo our website in this whole fancy new way. Um, it's not going to be up for a little bit, but... We, mm-hmm. we do have a website up right now, so, yeah. Got it. That's going on, too. <laughs> <laughs> and you're going to be playing yeah. December 11th at Bottom of the Hill? Yes. And yep, we're going to be playing, yeah, December 11th at Bottom of the Hill and the 7th in San Jose at the Ritz with K-Fly. Awesome. What's it like playing in San Jose compared to San Francisco? Um... Well, I don't think we've ever played in San Jose, so I don't know. <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> I've been to San Jose. It's, it's nice. Um, but I'll let you know. I mean, K-Play is really, she's really fun to play with. Um, we've never played with Beta State before, or Ghost Parade before. So I'll let you know about those guys. But K-Play is definitely a lot of fun to play with. That's 
sounds so. amazing. Well, it was great to speak with you. And hey, are you going to come? Yeah, I'll try to come to the December 11th show, the one at the bottom of the hill. Nice. Cool. <laughs> yeah, come hang out with us. <laughs> <laughs> you open, should. It's an open invitation. <laughs> yeah, gonna, yeah, and everybody else with me, too. You guys should all come hang out with us. <laughs> you guys it's too. It's on a Friday, too, so that makes it a lot easier for people who are workaholics during the week. Making that $100. Yeah. <laughs> Great. Yeah, totally. Well, look forward to seeing you guys, and um, good luck in Minneapolis and San Jose and the rest of the tour. Thanks so much. I appreciate it. All right. Talk to you soon. Okay. Bye. Bye. I love how I never edit my interviews because I never have time. That's smooth goodbye. Okay, bye. <laughs> but, do you, but do you love that I never edit them? Yeah, I do. It's so raw. <laughs> it's so professional. <sighs> it was like, actually a good win, though, I think. Yeah. Short but sweet. So Panic is Perfect. They're, gonna, they're from San Francisco. <laughs> they're playing a hometown show on Friday. This coming Friday, they're going to be at Bottom of the Hill with... Ghost Parade is one of the bands that's playing, so you want to go check them out. And I might as well f- play one of their songs, so then people can get familiar with it. Familiar. Familiar. I was going to show you that. Uh, Panic is Perfect. Oh, Beta State. That's another band they're playing with at uh, Bottom of the Hill. So if you are in the Bay Area or you have nothing planned for next Friday, definitely go check out Bottom of the Hill, one of the remaining music venues worth going to. San Jose too, right? Yeah, and then they're playing in San Jose in a couple days. I'm not sure of the exact date. (laughs) But you should Google it. Somebody Somebody will find it. But here is um, their most played song apparently on Spotify. It's called Go Go Go. Ce n'est pas de l'amour car nous ne nous battons pas Des ombres rissées et le va 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 au lit avec l'enfant
Thin. 